I'm sorry. I don't know. I was wrong. I need help. If any of you are fans of Louise Penny, you know that these are the four phrases that Chief Inspector Armand Gamache of the Cilte de Quebec teaches all of his young officers that will make them better police and better servants of the people of Quebec. Now, if I might be so bold, I might say that based on our Beatitudes for this morning, the words of the prophet Micah and also Paul's words to his young church in Corinth, those who cannot say those four words or who struggle with them cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. That's really what the Beatitudes are about, you see. It's turning on its head all of the things that we think make people blessed in the world. Turning upside down the people that the world says are blessed and happy and have it all together. And taking the people at the bottom and saying, in fact, these are the ones upon whom God will pour out his contentment and happiness and blessing. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It does not say that the poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom. It is the one time mirrored again at the end of the Beatitudes where Jesus says they have the kingdom of heaven. It is, in fact, theirs. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? It means to be humble with regards to one's own capacities that you realize that there are simply things that you do not know how to do. There are things where I need to ask for help. There are things where I need to ask the assistance of other people, and the same for all of you. And most importantly, when it comes to spiritual matters, we are not spiritual giants, any of us. We need to sit, if not stand, on the shoulders of our Lord. George Santos, American congressman, has been in the news a lot, even here in Canada. A lack of humility got him a six-figure job and made him one of the handful of people in the United States who run the House of Representatives. That's how the world judges humility. The less humble you are, the more you are likely to climb the ladder to end up at the top. And yet here is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, beginning his first great sermon in the Gospel of Matthew by saying that in God's eyes, the opposite is true. It is not those who are rich in spirit who are blessed by God, but the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. Many of us at one time or other in our lives, sometimes even young children go through periods of mourning, of grief. And what brings grief and tears and sadness? Loss, betrayal. I can't think off the top of my head of any situation where a person is grieving because things have gone really well for them. Something has always gone wrong. I might hearken again to Chief Inspector Gamache in the TV version of Louise Penny's books. Gamache is the one who says that grief is love with no place to go. And Jesus says those who find themselves in that circumstance where they are grieving and suffering loss are blessed by God. 
that he will look out for them. This is also the opposite of what the world says. The world looks at those who are grieving and says, what's your problem? Look at everything you have. You've got a great family, got a great house. The person that you've lost has gone off to a better place. They're always trying to get you to buck up, aren't they? And Jesus says, those who are mourning are looked upon with kindness by their father in heaven for the sake of Christ. Not abandoned, but loved. Blessed are the meek, the gentle, the humble. Jesus himself urges us to take his yoke on us, for he is gentle and meek. It's one of the prime qualities held up for pastors in the early church writings. You want to find somebody to lead the household of God, make sure that they are gentle and humble. So I ask you, dear friends in Christ, how many meek, humble, gentle billionaires do you know? You probably don't know them because they never make the front page because they're gentle and meek and humble. The ones you do know about, the billionaires whose names are on everyone's lips, are precisely the opposite. You might even say they don't have a humble bone in their body. The world looks at those people and says, surely they are the ones that God has blessed. Jesus says, no, in fact, it is the meek who fly under the radar, who never make the front page, who are the ones blessed by their father in heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for, how would the world fill in that blank? What does the world commend people for hungering and thirsting for? What have you hungered and thirsted for this week? Maybe a better snow thrower. Maybe a snow plowing service if you don't have one. Maybe a garage or at least a tempo if you don't have one. There's all sorts of things we've hungered and thirsted for this week that are not righteousness. What kinds of people hunger and thirst for righteousness? Goody two-shoes Boy Scout types, right? The religious people. They're the ones who are always hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and the world honestly does not have time for them either. But Jesus says, those who hunger and thirst for justice, that's what righteousness is. Justice, things being right, the innocent being set free, and those who are guilty being punished. Those who want to see their own hearts become just. Those who can look at their own hearts and see the way that they have not been righteous. God says, those are the ones who are blessed. Blessed are the merciful. Mercy is also not a quality that the world prizes. Even the Jews of Jesus' time did not prize mercy. Maybe the best example of that is the encounter of Jesus with the adulterous woman who gets dragged into the marketplace by, no doubt, a group of men. She's committed adultery by herself. Surely there is another hand clapping somewhere, but that person doesn't get dragged in front of Jesus. No, it's the woman who gets dragged in front of them. What does the law say? Well, actually, the law says what Micah says. What does the Lord require of you? To love kindness and justice and walk humbly with your God. But they're not thinking about that right now. They're thinking Leviticus. 
don't we need to stone her to death? To which, of course, we all know Jesus's famous response. Let the one who is without sin cast the first stone, forcing them and us to look at ourselves before we turn our judgment on others. Jesus himself will say at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, by how you judge others, will you too be judged by God? Be careful that you don't seek righteousness first in your own heart. Look at yourself and see whether it is not you that needs to hunger and thirst for something else. Can you show mercy even when someone has done wrong? Because those people are blessed. Blessed are the peacemakers. It is in this very same Sermon on the Mount, in just a few weeks, where we've heard Jesus famously say, where someone slaps you on the one cheek, turn the other cheek to them as well. Famous personality in the United States said, okay, we turn the other cheek, Christians, and I understand sort of the biblical reference, sort of. I understand the mentality, but it's gotten us nothing. That's right, says Jesus. It will get you nothing in the eyes of the world. But it will cause you to be blessed by your father. And lastly, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. And truth be told, we don't want to be any of these things. Who wants persecution for righteousness sake? Who wants to be the one who's warning? Who wants to be the peacemaker? Who wants to be the one who shows mercy and humbleness and who recognizes their poor in spirit? The world looks at this list and sees the people who are cursed by God, who have been abandoned by the father, the beggar, the village idiot, the sick and the dying, the one who never gets ahead, who's always passed over for promotion, who never wins the wars, who never gets the prize. The one who, in a world that rewards strength and wealth and happiness, is not the one who's blessed. But Jesus turns to each and every one of us every time we read these very first words of the very first full sermon recorded in Matthew and says, the ones who are blessed are the ones who have the gall to say in this kind of world, I'm sorry. I don't know. I was wrong. I need help. I need a savior. I need Christ. The world says they are to be pitied and reviled and mocked and ignored. And Jesus says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The same will happen to Jesus because really this sermon is about him. He will be betrayed because he doesn't seize power when the time comes. He'll be called a friend of tax collectors and sinners for announcing that there could be peace between them and God the Father. He will be crucified by Rome for being a weak king and not raising an army to defend himself. He will be, in the eyes of the world, cursed, hung from a tree, bleeding and dying and mocked. Only to rise again three days later. The Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the Merciful Lord, the King of Righteousness, the King of Heaven, worshipped by billions throughout time and across the world as the one who comes to them poor in spirit and meek, a peacemaker, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, persecuted simply for wanting there to be justice. 
killed so that you and I could be saved, so that you and I could be blessed by our Father. This is going to be the pattern of teaching in Matthew that we will see over the next few months as we read through this gospel, that there will be a curse on those who believe they are blessed, but blessing upon blessing and grace upon grace, who those who feel that somehow they have been cursed by God. And so I end with the words of Jesus throughout this gospel that also come to us, those with ears, let them hear. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.